Well, hey, this month we have been talking about good things. Been chatting about good things really uh, everywhere, all throughout our church. We're talking about it here on Sundays, of course. We're chatting about it in our small groups as they meet throughout the week. Chatting about it in kids. Uh, our students are talking about this, and many of you are following along in the book. And it's been a great month, don't you think? We've learned a lot of things, so many cool things, so many new ideas about God's goodness and His favor. Uh, a couple weeks ago, when we kicked off the series, we learned uh, several really great things. We learned that we actually serve a good God. Amen. That's a great place to say amen. I'm not going to stop you from saying amen today. So just, we'll just get that right out of the way. You can say amen anytime you want to. We learned, amen. <laughs> we learned that we serve a good God, that this God who is all-powerful, the all-knowing creator of the universe, who sees all and knows all, he's actually for us. He's actually on our side. We're reminded that every good thing actually comes from God, that he's the source of everything good. James 1.17 even tells us that here it says, every good thing given, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. We were reminded that uh, we were uh, like kids before, how kids really don't understand where things come from. They just assume that when they go to the refrigerator, there's going to be food there. When they go uh, to the toy box, there's going to be toys there. And how we are called to grow out of that and actually start to understand where good things come from. And we learned something really important. This is, this is such a key concept that Pastor Kirk talked about a couple of weeks ago, that, that grace and God's favor is his dominant flow toward us. I think it's so easy for us to get this mindset that God is angry at us, that he's disappointed at us, but that's not what the word says. It's that, it's that God is actually for us. His favor and goodness and his grace is his dominant flow. And then last week, we talked about the origin of God's favor and that that is grace. And that grace is actually us receiving what we don't deserve. We're reminded that truth actually supersedes facts. It's easy to look at the facts of our situation, uh, the, the circumstances in our world, but that we're called to a higher truth. We don't ignore what's happening all around us. We just buy into and believe a higher truth. We also were reminded that favor is not about who we are, but actually whose we are. This is one of the greatest benefits of being in the family of God is this blessing. His, his favor is shown on his children. This is you with your kids, right? <clears throat> You're showing favor and blessing that's special to your kids. You're not giving, you're not buying ice cream for the whole neighborhood, right? Maybe you are, you're awesome. Um, but you are giving your kids special favor and blessing, right? So maybe 
Maybe you hear all of that and you think, that's, that's great, that's nice, but where is the favor in my life? I hear that, I think that's good, but I just don't see God's goodness. And maybe if that's you, I'm really glad that you're here today because today's message is for you, it's for me. We're gonna talk about how we see things and the impact that that has on our world. Today's message title is actually What You Get Is What You See. What you get is what you see. We've all heard that phrase before, what you see is what you get, right? You've heard of that before, and I think that that kind of hints at what we see is fixed and it can't change. But I wanna talk about today how we actually can adjust what we see. And why is that important? Well, when we change what we see, we actually change what we get. I'm gonna say that one more time because that's a really key concept for understanding what we're talking about today. When we change what we see, we change what we get. You know, everyone has their own paradigm, right? The way they see the world. The, world, the word paradigm, as we're talking about it today, uh, means this. It's the model or set of patterns for how we see the world. Everybody has a paradigm. Everybody has a way that you filter things, the way that you see things. And this is built on a lot of different things. It's built on our belief system. It's built on assumptions that we make about life and, and the things that happen to us. It's, it's built out of uh, our, just our overall perspectives on things. And we all have our own way of looking at things. We all have our own paradigm that uh, is, is sometimes not even conscious to us. If you don't believe me on this, just go around and ask anyone, hey, what do you think about this election? You could do that in this room, in fact. You could ask yourself that, and you would find that everyone has their own set of uh, beliefs their own way that they see things. And our paradigm is, it's actually slowly built in our lives. It's formed through different seasons of our upbringing. And a lot of times we're actually not even aware of certain beliefs that we have, certain ways that we think about the world until maybe someone else points it out to us. Um, I, I've told this story before, but I, I love my family, and uh, everyone grows up and, and thinks that their family is normal. My, my family's the normal one, and you guys are the weird ones, and then you start getting a little bit older, and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Oh man, I'm the weird one and everybody else is kind of normal. So one of the things that's uh, kind of funny slash interesting about my family as I grew up is that uh, my parents liked having different cars for different things. And uh, we actually grew up with uh, six or seven cars on a regular basis. Totally normal, right? <laughs> 
And uh, they weren't new cars. Dad would fix them up and stuff, and they would be old used cars and things like that. But we had, you know, the vacation car that drove this way. We had a, a second vacation car if we didn't really want to drive the first vacation car. Um, we had kind of the old classic pickup, and then we had the, the pickup that would definitely run all the time. Uh, we had dad's work car, mom's work car, and again, this was all very normal to me. Like, I understood the logic. This made sense. This was perfectly acceptable. And so when I, I you know, started growing up and, and I started seeing other people, uh, uh, keep in mind also, side note, uh, I'm an only child. Uh, this is a family of three that we're talking about here with six, and, I, and I, don't, I didn't even drive, right? And so, actually my dad was kind of the only one that drove, now that I think about it. Um, but but I, it wasn't until a little bit later that, you know, I would see other kids and other families and they would have uh, one car, maybe two cars, and I would, I would kind of feel sorry for them. I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. You should have six or seven like us. It's really great. You just choose. Choose your own car adventure every time you want to go somewhere. No, Mom, I want to ride in the second grocery store car. So, but you, you, you start to think these ways that you think about things um, are totally, totally normal until someone else starts to point it out to you. In the book, uh, they, they use an example, and maybe you, you caught this a few years ago. It went story went kind of viral. Uh, it told the story of Joshua Bell, who's a world-renowned violin player, sells out concerts all over the place, and they decided to do this experiment where he went into a Washington, D.C. metro station and started playing as a street performer, set out his guitar case for tips, that kind of thing, and they, they actually uh, filmed it, and you can see uh, over a thousand people just flood by, and they barely pay him any attention. Uh, he gets just just pocket change thrown into his guitar case. Meanwhile, like I said, this guy is a world-renowned violin player. The violin that he's playing was actually valued around three and a half million dollars. And here are these people just walking by like, oh my gosh, violin player, all right, whatever. And, and they're just, you know, throwing pocket change at him. He had just two days before that um, packed out a concert hall where people paid $100 a ticket to go see him. And this is an interesting story, and it was an interesting experiment because I think it showed us something that is so very common uh, in our world today, that, that these people didn't see it. Why, why didn't they see the value in what was happening right in front of their eyes? It's because their eyes weren't trained to see it. And this happens to us all the time. God's favor is all around us. It's right in front of us sometimes. But our, our eyes aren't trained to actually see it. We don't recognize what's right in front of us sometimes. And Jesus gives us a little bit of perspective uh, in Luke. Let's look at this verse in Luke here together. It's Luke eleven thirty four. He says this, he says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, 
your whole body is filled with light. But when it is unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. Now, Jesus here, he is not talking about our natural eyes, of course. He's talking about our mind's eye, our perspective on things, our paradigm. And just in, in this one verse, I think it's, it's really neat. Jesus is unpacking lots of different concepts here. He's telling us several things. I think he's talking about uh, that, that we actually have uh, two options here. We can have a healthy eye or we can have an unhealthy eye. We can have an eye that sees good, or we can have an eye that sees bad. He's also telling us that healthy eyes bring light. Healthy eyes bring light into our body, into our world. A healthy perspective brings light into our situations. I think he's also uh, showing us that, that when there's light, you can actually see, right? That seems so obvious, so basic. Have you, have you ever done the thing where you're walking around in the dark at your house, and you're like, nah, I can totally figure this out, and you just crack your leg on a chair, and you, you definitely don't say a cuss word, not at all. That's not what you do. This is, this is like that, that, that it, when, when there's light, you can actually see things, right? And Jesus is also telling us uh, another really important concept in this verse, that, that our eye directs our body. And this order is really important. Our body doesn't tell our eye how to function. Our eye is what lets in light or darkness into our body. This is the same thing when we're talking about our paradigm, because our paradigm, our perspective, the way that we see things actually directs our circumstances. Our circumstances don't direct our paradigm in the way that we see the world. If we change our eye, we can change our body. We change our perspective, we change our paradigm, we change the way that we see things, we can change our circumstances, amen? And I think this is how, this is how when, you, when you're talking to friends, when you are talking to family members, coworkers, people that you've known over the course of your life, you can have two people who actually maybe grew up in very similar circumstances. You have two people with very similar health issues, two people uh, from the same socioeconomic background, two people going through the same thing, the same thing. And, and one can have a very different outlook than the other. One is full of faith, full of positivity. God is good. God is going to heal me. And the other person, full of negativity, full of doubt, full of confusion, and anger, and bitterness. This is how this happens because of the way that we see things, the way that we actually see now, part of this, part of the reason um, that this happens is actually uh, the way that, that our, our mind works and the way that God has designed us to work. And uh, God, has, God has put something in our brains that is actually designed to help us, and it's, it's part of the reason that uh, we see the way that we do. And this is called the reticular 
activating system. Maybe you've heard of this before, the reticular, I know I'm using big words today, come on, reticular activating system. Now what is this? Your RAS is designed to actually help you filter information in your world every single day. We don't even think about it, but we are exposed to tons and tons of really immeasurable data. There's sounds everywhere, right? You're seeing images and colors, you're smelling things, you're tasting things. All of your senses are constantly being bombarded by data. And this data, your brain can't just process all of it at once. It's too much. It's too much. So God has designed this reticular activating system, your RAS, to be able to filter what it thinks is important and what it thinks you don't need. Uh, and and this, is, this is a, a phenomenon that happens to us all the time, right? We've experienced this. You go out and you want to buy a, a brand new car, and all of a sudden, everybody is driving a Toyota, just like you. They're driving the exact same car that you were going to buy. Did you actually change... <laughs> the cars that are being driven in the world? Of course not. Your mind is just being retrained to see something it wasn't seeing before. It's always been there, but now your brain, your RAS, is working because it thinks you want to see that more. You're selling your house, and then what do you start to see? You start to see for sale signs everywhere. You're like, everybody's selling their house. Come on. No, you are just starting to see something that you didn't even care about before, that your brain is actually helping you, because that isn't information that's important to you until you start to focus on it, right? Uh, and, and this happens if you want to go on a diet, right? You, you, you decide to make a change, and then everybody is doing the same diet that you're doing. Everybody is wanting to change their diet. Uh, this recently happened to uh, Therese and I, and we had, Teresa's my wife, and we had a, a, a beautiful baby boy 10 months ago, and his name is Noble, and he is adorable. He makes that face all the time. That is his, his face, his resting baby face. And uh, it happened to us because I've always, I've always enjoyed babies and, and all that. But man, you turn into a parent, a parent, you'll know what I'm talking about here. You turn into a parent, like babies are everywhere. <laughs> like baby stuff is everywhere. Rattles and toys and crying babies. And, and every time we're walking around, Teresa and I are like, oh, there's a baby over there, baby over there, baby over there. Crying baby on aisle three, okay. And I mean, you just start noticing them. Every, babies are taking over the world, by the way. <laughs> they're, they're going to replace us. That is their master plan. So, you know, it's interesting the things uh, you start noticing about your spouse after you get married. Uh, <laughs> where am I going with this? And, um, you know, one of the things uh, that is, is fun about Therese and I is that uh, we're very different. We're very different people. And um, one of the things that we started noticing about each other when we first got married is that we would be driving around and we notice completely different 
things. When I'm driving around, for some reason, my reticular activating system uh, is very drawn to new construction. Anybody else like this? Like, you just, you just see they've cleared out some trees, and I'm like, what is going there? What is it? Is it a cool restaurant? I want to know. I'm calling that business beside them. I've done this, have I not? And... <laughs> I want to know, what is that? Is it going to be apartments? Is it going to be a restaurant? Is it going to be a store? What is it? Tell me. So I'm noticing new construction everywhere. I see it everywhere. They put up like half of a door. And I'm like, oh, what is that? And I will ask Therese about it later. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? I don't even know. I mean, buildings will be finished. And she's, still, she's like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. And so she doesn't, she doesn't care about that stuff. Her, her mind isn't programmed to see those things. She doesn't focus on those things. But I'll tell you what, she does focus on animals. <laughs> animals, little animals on the side of the road. We will, we'll finish a commute to work or a, a trip or whatever. She was like, did you see those three turtles and four gophers and two deer and those four little puppies on our way to work? I'm like, where are you seeing these? Did we drive by the zoo? Like, what, where? I, did, I, did, I, I literally, all, over and over and over again, I'll be like, you're lying. I did not. There were no animals, but she is looking for animals on the side of the road. And, and I think it's just funny because that's, that is just a way, it's a humorous way that our, our brains are just wired to see certain things and wired to not see other things. My brain is filtering out all kinds of other stuff. Her brain is filtering out all kinds of other stuff, and it's showing us, our brain is purposefully showing us the things that it thinks we want to see. Now, I'm using these kind of humorous examples, but this is really an incredibly powerful concept to grab a hold of because what we're talking about is the fact that we can actually start to change the things that we see by changing what we focus on. And that is what we're looking for as we're talking about God's goodness and his favor in our lives. We want to see more of what's already there, don't we? And God's favor, like we said, his favor is actually all around us. The Bible tells us this in Psalm 5, verse 12. It says, Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as a shield. So God's favor surrounds us. It doesn't just surround us, but this tells us it actually protects us. It protects us. It surrounds us like a shield. But life doesn't always feel like this, does it? Life doesn't always feel like there's favor just all around us. Maybe, maybe you've gone through a relationship difficulty. Maybe uh, you've had some pain in your marriage. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you got passed up for a promotion. Maybe you're having difficulty with your kids. Uh, maybe, maybe you got some, some tough news from the doctor. Maybe you've lost somebody that's really close to you. These are all things that we all experience through our lives. And when we go through these seasons, I think it's so easy for us to just think, well, I guess God's favor isn't around right now. I guess God's favor isn't 
over my life. I guess God isn't looking out for me anymore. But I just want to say that these are some of the most critical moments where we learn, where we need to learn how to have the right eyes to see what's actually happening all around us all the time. Now, understand, this is not about us denying reality. This isn't, this isn't us about turning our, our mind and just sticking our head in the sand and saying, these things don't exist. Uh, reality doesn't exist. This is about actually focusing on a higher reality, about focusing on a greater truth that goes beyond our circumstances. What kind of person, let me ask you a couple questions. What kind of person could you be if you could see past all of the pain of the moment and you can actually see God's favor at work in your life? What kind of husband or, or wife could you be if you could see past the confusion and you can actually see God's grace at work. What kind of church could we be if we could see past the brokenness of the world and actually see God's goodness in every situation? What would that look like? What would that look like in your marriage? What would that look like in your business? What would that look like in your family, with your kids, with your uh, relatives, with your neighbors. This has the power to impact every single thing in your world. Because I think we need, to be, we need to focus more on what's right with God than what's wrong in the world. Amen? We need to focus on what's right about God, not just what's wrong in the world. So how do we do this? How do we actually start to retrain our eyes, retrain our thinking. Well, the, the great news about all of this is that it's actually possible, that we can renew our mind, just like the Bible tells us, we can renew our mind to some different things. We can change the way that we see things. The very, the very first thing uh, that you can do to, to help with this is to get some new friends. Get some new friends, get some new people in your world. You know, this is one of the most essential things to reprogramming your reticular activating system, your way of seeing the world. And the reason it is so essential is because uh, like-minded people attract like-minded people, don't they? Uh, you, you've been in situations uh, before, maybe you're at a party, maybe you're at just a social function, uh, the very philosophical people, the, very, the people that want to go deep, you know, I want to go deep, man, this isn't deep enough. Those people will find each other, and they will go deep together, whatever that means, right? The, the people who are, are up and fun, fun people find each other. They're, they're really loud. We wish they would be quieter. Those are those people. The, the cynical people, they find each other, right? They, they, they complain about all the things. Um, the, the nerds, where are my nerds at? I'm right here. I feel you. Yeah! We find each other and nerd out talking about stuff that nobody else wants to talk about. But this happens. The, you, you just attract 
The kind of people like attracts like. And this, this happens as you, you grow up as well. You just absorb these things from your family, from the people that you're around. You, you think that six cars is very normal and, and all these other ideas. And, and some of them are great, uh, but some shape your thinking into some wrong thinking. And that's why it, it's so important. It's so important um, uh, to, to understand this because th- this is how our brain works. It actually takes those perspectives from other people, the people that you hang out with on a regular basis. I'm not talking about just people that you walk around. I'm talking about the people you actually let in your world, the people that you expose who you really are to. These people, what, what happens is your brain just starts taking their perspectives and their outlook on things, and it starts to draw its own way your own way of thinking about those situations. It uses them as a foundation for your own ideas and opinions. And it does this so well, you don't even notice it, right? A little bit of an inception thing happening all the time around you where the people you're around are having this kind of impact, which is why we're so, we're so passionate about you getting around the right people. That's everything from just being here on a Sunday, which is great, to joining one of our volunteer teams, uh, to being in one of our small groups. We don't just want those because those are fun things to have. We're actually really passionate about you training your eyes, the mind, your mind's eye to see the way that God has intended it to see to see the actual good things that are happening in your life. Amen? Another thing you can do this morning uh, is you can actually change your diet. Everybody boos and groans. No, I'm not talking about food, although that's a good one. But I'm talking about what, what are you putting in to your life? Like, I think it's a great exercise to do for yourself every once in a while to just kind of take inventory of what are you putting in to your life. If you want to change the way you see, you've got to change what actually comes into your life. Uh, it, it's helpful just to, just to kind of stop every once in a while and just ask yourself and kind of trace back some of your thinking and, and go, where did, I, where did I learn how to think about marriage that way? How did, I, how did I come to think that way about relationships? How did, I, how did I start thinking that God was like that? And what's helpful in that is you're actually starting to reprogram the way that your mind thinks because sometimes you don't even realize how this stuff just comes into your world. It just comes in and, and you're, you're unaware of it. But it's so powerful because if we, if you, for instance, if you want to, to lose uh, some weight, right? You want to get more fit. You don't just change your mind about it instantly and things start happening. You start to adjust your diet, you, what you actually eat and put into your body. And then all of a sudden your cravings start to change and what you see starts to change. You start to see that donut as the enemy, right? Anybody who's ever worked on this, you know what I'm talking about. You start seeing those, those comfort foods as like 
the, the thing you don't want to eat, and all of a sudden your eyes start looking at water. Your eyes start looking at healthier things. And that's the same way when we look at our lives. We start changing what comes into our life to start changing what we see. So let me just, let me just say this, and I'll try not to go on too much of a rant here, but if, if your main source of truth, your main diet of reality is CNN and Fox News and social media and what people are saying on Twitter, then that will become your reality because that's what you are training your mind to do. You're training your mind to think that way and I don't think that they are really after you getting and seeing good things. The last time I checked, their business model wasn't, hey, make sure everybody is seeing God's favor and grace. So, so I'm not saying they're evil. What I am saying, though, is that you have to guard your mind. You have to be purposeful on what you input in your life, because we're constantly training. We're constantly training our brain, constantly training our reticular activating system by what we actually choose to focus on. So what should we be focusing on? Philippians 4.8 has some advice for us, and it says this. It's a great, great verse. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That's good. I like it in the message uh, translation as well. It says, summing it, up, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'd do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God who makes everything work together. Somebody say everything. Everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. We want to see more goodness, more of God's grace that is already there. We gotta learn how to change our diet, change what's coming in to our world. And the last thought here, really quick, as we close out this morning, you've gotta get help. You've gotta get some help if you wanna learn how to see differently. And I'm not, I'm not talking about your, your best friend, although that, that, can, that can be good. I'm not talking about your work buddy. I'm actually talking about the help that comes from above. I'm talking about supernatural help because beyond changing your friends, beyond changing uh, your, your diet and what you, you put in is a supernatural help from the Holy Spirit that comes directly from heaven that can change everything in your world. And this is, this is possibly the most important thing. If you take away anything from today's message, uh, it's this, that there is help. No matter what your situation is, no matter what 
issue you're facing today or issue you have faced, God has a plan and he has help. His name is Jesus. And I want to uh, read a couple verses here in John that, that uh, we'll close out on today. This is Jesus talking here and, and giving us one of the best promises ever. He says this. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate, a helper, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. You want to see things differently. If you want to see the goodness that is there from our very good heavenly Father, it's going to take help. It's going to take help from the Holy Spirit. Can we pray together this morning? I want to pray for us as we close out. Father, we come to you today with open eyes. Father, open hearts. Lord, we believe that you are a good God, a good Father who wants good things for your children. Lord, you look to bless us. You look to pour out your favor on us. And Lord, as we are trying to figure out how to see more of your goodness, Lord, I believe that you're going to help us with that. You are going to help us see your grace and favor in invisible and hidden areas that we've never seen before. Father, in in whatever circumstance that we're facing today, Lord, I pray that every person in this room learns how to have good, healthy eyes to see your grace, to see your favor. And this morning, all eyes are closed, all heads are bowed. I just want to give us an opportunity this morning. If you're you're there uh, and and you're hearing what I'm, I'm saying and you're maybe facing some of the issues that you heard me speak about today and, and you, want, you want help. You want that help uh, from the Holy Spirit. And you want to say yes to Jesus this morning. Maybe you're in a spot where you've never made that decision before. Maybe you're in a spot where you, you used to be close to Jesus, but you're, you're not close now and, and you want to be. You want that help. Maybe you're in a spot today where you're just not sure. You're just not sure, but you know you want that help. We're here this morning. We don't want to do anything to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you this morning. If you're in any of those spots today, you've never said yes to Jesus, but you want to. You used to be close, but you like, you're far away now and you'd like to be close again, or you're just not sure. Will you just raise your hand for me this morning so I can see that? Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Today is such a great day say yes to the helper that comes from above, saying yes to Jesus. I'm just going to wait another more moment, another moment here today. Anybody else want to pray that prayer with us this morning? Just lift your hand. Awesome. Thank you. Beautiful. Let's all pray this prayer uh, together out loud. Let's, let's pray this. This is especially for those of you who lifted your hand, uh, but we're all going to pray it out loud together. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me. Be the Lord of my life. 
first in every way. Holy Spirit, fill me so I can know God and serve him and live for him. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you, Jesus, for my brand new life. Amen. Amen. Can we thank the God this morning? Let's thank God this morning for everybody who made that decision. And can I just say this? If you made that decision this morning, you just made the absolute best decision of your entire life. Welcome to the family of God. We are incredibly excited for you. Can we give them a hand this morning as well? That's an awesome thing.